This is Idiot Mystic, and uh, I'm with Blake Rushing. Hey, thanks for um, having me, Hater. So we only talked for like 12 seconds before this, and uh, usually we see each other in at the gym I work at, sometimes in the meditation class, sometimes in passing. Yeah. Um, so how do I, and tonight you're performing what I think is a comedy show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tonight I, uh, I do stand up as well. And uh, tonight I'm doing a set with the Do Better Comedy uh, group here in Phoenix. And yeah, I'm excited about it. It should be a lot of fun. So instead of, I will, I'll do the, there's too many comedy podcasts but there's not too many youths so let's let's go a different way okay is there because i've seen also people should know you've done a ted talk i've seen that that's Good right talk. yeah i do have a ted talk uh you can find that on youtube if you just like you uh, or yeah if you just search blake rushing r-u-s-h-i-n-g uh it pulls it up yeah um so you and I don't, I don't know how to, like, how would you describe your comedy if you had to describe it? Because Ooh. I feel, yeah. That's a good question. So, I mean, uh, my comedy is a little, like, unusual because I blend, like, a few different styles and a few different, like, inspirations, I guess. Like, um, so I'm from the South, and so there is, like, an element of my comedy that's very, like, folksy and is very southern um like i do uh I, I talk about like growing up in a small town and like being um you know like a, in, in a high school with like 32 classmates um you know and like like what that was like uh and then also i do a lot about like my experience as like a trans woman so um i talk a lot about like my, like, and, and in a funny way, like awkward experiences I have or like <laughs> transphobia I've experienced. Uh, and then, but also try to talk about like fun or uh, good things as well, you know, and like try to like, I don't know, have a good time with it. And then there's also an element of my comedy that's like really like sexual just because like it gets such a, uh, a laugh response every time to just tell like a very blunt, like sexual joke. So yeah, so that's also like uh, another like piece of that. Okay, so I guess I have a question since I, I feel like I've seen there are I feel like th were there ever highlights of one of your comedy things somewhere like on a yeah. story? Yeah, like yeah. I've There's definitely been like some clips but, shared either by me or by my partner. Yeah, and it it seems. Um, can we say your partner's name on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. shout out georgia <laughs> georgia the best partner ever um no now i just feel now i feel like she's not gonna like um when you say that okay so let's say there's the folksy part of your comedy and then there's the part that's more explicit or adult. Would you say, and I'm, I don't know much about comedy except as a viewer. So would you say that that's obviously you're not like 
And if you are, it's fine. But you're not like stool humping, so to speak. Right. <laughs> right. No, That's exactly. the genre like of comedy. Yeah. You know, just like uh, it'll like just a very like blunt story about like a date, you know, like. OK. Yeah. So so I feel how do you feel about someone justifying that style of and obviously when I say justifying, it's like there's no comedy police. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. But then you obviously have like the craftsman type of comedians and then you have people who do the stool humping stuff yeah but the stool humping stuff seems to generate a lot of revenue and clout and then in turn generates this um that person gets becomes a thought leader in comedy and that's that's confusing to me you know that's a really good point though like I, i it's interesting that you you bring that up hater because like I, mean, I had a conversation recently with a friend and um, we were talking about comedians that do like really funny, uh, like clean sets, like family friendly sets, like all ages. And we're, we were talking about how that truly is like such a better indication of skill than like the stool humping, you know, so to speak that we're referring to. Yeah. Um, but like it, it just works like like that is why I keep going back to like very like or or, or, or keep using like um, like sexual jokes sometimes is because like it always does work uh, and you, you have to like play to your audience a little bit um, like I, I did a show in Savannah Georgia several years ago um, and this was like right after I came out uh, but like the crowd was so middle school that like I really had to in order, like my first several jokes didn't land, like they were too, too much of a thinker for the crowd. So like, I really had to think like, okay, how would I tell this joke to like a group of middle schoolers? And like, what would they laugh at? And then like, just adding the word, but, you know, or something really like silly like that, like juvenile, it like got such a reaction, you know? Um, And so, yeah, so like, I do think really simple juvenile humor is often a winner um and i don't know why i don't know why we like that as humans like why we would gravitate towards it but uh we seem to we seem to in mass but yeah so like i i do try to have like some interesting uh like thinkers in my set but like honestly like i can only do that if i have the right audience you know like if i don't have the right audience then it's it's not even funny like they like like they just want to hear another like really silly joke about um i don't know where the punchline is, you know, me saying the word ass. <laughs> and to, to, I don't I'm juvenile, I guess. <laughs> My son would laugh too. Right, exactly. You know, and and I, I do it as well. And like, I totally realized like, I find silly humor often like really funny for like no good reason, you know, like it shouldn't yeah. be as funny as I find it. So would you say that in your case, it's more important for you to make the crowd happy. Don't I say crowd, the audience, not like some mass group of people, but the audience in the moment. Is your goal to make them feel joy and like enjoy humor? Or is it more to express yourself as an artist to a group of people? Because I feel like some comedians go, even if the audience is like, we don't really want to hear this, the comedian seems to be fighting against them to get out what they need to say yeah uh i think i think it's um 
I try to do a little bit of like both, right? Like I do want the audience to connect and hear what I have to say and enjoy it. Like that is, I mean, that's part of comedy. Like that's part of why we do it. Like, uh, it, you know, it's, it's part of the, the, the joy in doing it is sharing joy with others. And, uh, but also like, I do have things about myself and my experience that I do want to share. And like, I do want to get across. And so like, um, so yeah, so like being able to do both to get the audience to enjoy what they're doing, right. To like be engaged and to be laughing and to have a good time. Uh, but also to like hear what I have to say on a little bit more of a like deeper level, right. Like I'm trying to think of a good example. Like I do a bit, uh, and it's, 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 it's kind of a fun bit because like, it has like a, a lot of like, like room to grow and like continue with but like are, are you familiar with the story of the monkey paw yes right like uh i so i do a like bit a, of in in case anyone who's listening doesn't know it's a literal cursed paw of a monkey that's cut off and someone buys it at a market right yeah and like every wish you you make like wishes on the monkey paw and like you get the wish granted but there's always like a really negative consequence it's almost like it's, it's a curse in the end, like, you might as well have never, like, done it, and so, like, I do a bit where, like, being a trans woman is, like, the, the monkey paw, you know, it's, like, I want the world to see me as a woman, and then the monkey paw curls, and a voice says, the world is only getting more misogynistic every day, you know, it's, like, uh, you know, like, it, it is funny to think about, right, but also, like, I want people to think about the social implications of what I'm saying as well, you know, like, uh yeah so to like have both kind of mixed in there a joke that uh seems to like work and like land with people uh but also is like you know socially relevant uh is to my experience at least so i guess from what you said i i want to take like a kind of it's a personal tangent but it's like inquiry for myself but i know that like so you we've talked about your journey as a trans woman in fit in person but mm -hmm. like this is obviously this is recorded so i'm obviously i have all these red flags going off in my head about how to speak about it sure and that seems to be like it shouldn't be there because it's it's earnest inquiry mm -hmm. but but this like programming i think about like even inquiry being some, like a point of contention or something bad is like, I don't know. But anyway, moving forward, I guess since you've, you brought it up, when you say you want the world to see you as a woman, I obviously like, you, I met you the, like as you are, yeah. and I didn't even know in the beginning. <laughs> so I was pretty confused. I, I wasn't confused, but like, I didn't know. I just didn't know at all that, that like there. I just, yeah. I was more. We were talking so much that I didn't really know. Like, think in any other. But then when you informed me, I was like, oh, wait. And I actually was kind of confused. And I told you that, and you're like, huh, funny. But <laughs> I guess when. So do you? Do you also want the? do you want to not be is it is it more important to be acknowledged as 
uh, and when I say more important, I'm asking for you rather than for, I'm not asking you to speak for everyone in some kind of crate. I'm not. That's right. <laughs> uh, do you want to be like when someone introduces you for a comedy show or a TED talk, would it be important for them to highlight your, that you're a trans woman or would you just be Blake rushing and then your pronouns would would be the things that would determine that you are a woman and your journey to the state that you're in now wouldn't be brought up initially every time? Or is it that yeah. it is to be brought up initially because your journey to womanhood was slightly different than someone who's born in a different kind of body or something sure. like that? That's Gosh, that's a really like good question and like well thought out. Um, yeah, like so in certain circumstances, I have been introduced as a trans woman, uh, depending on like where I was speaking or what I was doing. Um, like I've done like panels uh, of, uh, consisting of LGBT uh, individuals. And so um, uh, as part of that, I might be introduced, you know, uh, and, and, and part of my identity uh, as a trans person being uh, disclosed immediately. Uh, for the most part, uh, like I am introduced as Blake Rushing, and my pronouns are she, her. You know, uh, yeah. So then when you say, and I'm, again, I'm asking for, mm-hmm. honestly, because also we're going to get into soul stuff. So I feel like this is yeah. like, it's interesting because when you say your part of your identity is being a trans person, you said part of, because I guess you're also a woman yeah absolutely so then so then it would seem like the trans state is uh like the liminal between state but would there be a point where you would consider yourself and i'm asking this is just like obviously semantics because words don't matter actually (laughs) but is there like a point where you where i would no longer consider myself transgender no because you that would be the journey but that that wouldn't be that would because you would become farther away from that point in your life right so you would be one way longer so like when you're like 60 or something sure i mean uh, so that is a really like that's a really good point um i feel like socially like so there's this concept of going stealth uh in the trans community <laughs> And uh, simply that just means like an individual is um, going to, um, what's the best way to, is going to try to appear as if they were born cisgendered, whether that be male or female and not disclose uh, part of their like transgender uh, journey. Um, and and while I, 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 I don't really resonate with that experience, like I find it important important to uh, kind of like wear my transness on my sleeve, so to speak, you know, because like I, I, I feel like there's uh, a need for, um, for people to just see trans people in their everyday lives, you know what I mean? Like, like going to the grocery store or like going to the gym or uh, going to maybe it's a, a faith space, whatever, you know, like being in community uh, and not and, and doing it very uh, bluntly, right? Like not no, to, I, 
uh, like hide any part of myself or anything. And so that's part of why for me now, I, I do think that the concept of transgender, uh, while it's, it's not a new concept, our current understanding and like language surrounding it is fairly new, right? Like uh, there have been people who have been, uh, had gender varying identities for like all of humanity. And, uh, and, and I think that will continue. But in this current age, we use these um, like pronouns and are not pronouns, but adjectives like transgender to describe individuals. And I think that is uh, accurate for what we need in this moment. Uh, but I do hope that there comes a time when people like, you know, like we don't have to make a big deal about gender, you know, like no matter what that is and, uh, for anybody uh, and people can just like exist. <laughs> uh so what I feel like I'm understanding like a strange viewpoint that I guess I don't hold that viewpoint but I've all I've been we've talked about this in person we'll call it the Rogan verse <laughs> it's I'm never I can't not talk about these types of things anymore because they're a huge problem like it's yeah um but I guess there's this implication that transgender people go through things like hormone therapy or dressing a certain way or changing their appearance mm -hmm. to be more passable as that gender but actually right. it's for feeling more yeah. themselves uh, yeah, so absolutely. I see what you're saying. So yeah. then this idea that someone would be trying to get to a point of not seeming like being a secret, like a stealth thing, yeah. right? <laughs> stealth person, stealth ninja. That was fun. Is that a common term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going stealth. The, like I, I, and, and, and what's like, what's really difficult about it is oftentimes when people do that, they like cut out everyone from their like you know from their old life or whatever you know they like they try they make a very sharp distinction so like i have i have lost contact with some people and i fear it's because that this is what they're attempting to do you know to like to 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 completely cut off this part of their life to restart another you know um, yeah and, and like i don't know i just find that like I just, I love the idea that I can find wholeness and completeness in my entire life, you know, and like, these aren't two different things that have to not exist together, but really like, this is all just one big journey and that is beautiful in its way, you know, so, so, so to think of it as something I would have to like, you know, cut out in like, like a, like a diseased part of my body and get rid of it. Like, I don't know, that just seems like, why did you have to say it like that? <laughs> Jeez. That's very, I know, right? But like, I, I just feel like that's that? so, such a harsh way to view yourself, you know? Yes, like, definitely. It, it, it really, it, or yeah, it, it feels that way to me. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, and I feel like that's, it's like a similar mentality that's applied to everything. Like a way to get a new start is to cut everyone out rather than face them. Yeah. And that's applied to like, here we're being very specific mm -hmm. but it seems to bleed into other people like from work like they quit a job and they stop talking to everyone they work with they like some or family 
yeah, but true. yeah, this this is as uh, topsy turvy of a conversation as our usual ones are. So <laughs> makes sense. Um, so today's set, are you so okay? Should we? Firstly, I should have said this before, but I know you're a very honest person. Yeah. But and this is our first one of these together. But if you were being like completely honest, like if I had asked like you in your most honest, maybe even most compromised state where you can't be dishonest. Okay. Would you would you say like what how strongly do you feel about comedy? Like going into the event tonight and expressing yourself like that, is it is it a big deal to you or is this just like something you do on the side here and there? Um, it, you know, it, it is a big deal, but it is also something that uh, I am approaching a little bit. I still feel like I'm getting back into it. You know, like I, 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 uh, I before transitioning, I used to speak uh, uh, very often uh, in front of crowds. And so, um, hey, hey, wait a minute. What what do you mean in front of crowds? <laughs> so, like, I was a minister for a, a long time before transitioning. I don't know if we've actually discussed that before. Uh, we 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 have, but I'm yeah. I'm trying to bring it up for the podcast. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So wait a minute, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this. Wait. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I was a minister for uh, ten years, uh, roughly. Like, um, and 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 uh, so I. I I think the best way to describe it is I was used to using my voice a lot. And then like my voice felt like it was silenced when I transitioned, like I was very quickly uh, booted uh, from that uh, uh, community. And um, I started to do a little bit of comedy uh, uh, as kind of a way of using my voice again while still living in that same area. But then the pandemic happened, I moved to the, uh, to, to the, to Phoenix. And, um, and, and so it took a while to like, actually like, like get back into doing it, but yeah, it's something I, I, I really enjoy and, uh, want to keep diving into more, uh, and keep like building up opportunities. Okay. Th this is kind of, I feel like it's not that I'm trying to avoid asking you these huge questions. Sure. It's just that it seems like everything leads to just questions of how we got here. Because here is a great place. Yeah. Like we can talk about like you're in, and I'll be vague and you can fill in the details. You're in a great relationship. You seem to be like relatively healthy right now. Yeah. You work out you eat good food, you have friends, like you're doing comedy. So now is pretty good. Yeah. But it's and also the journey may have been good, but it seems like it's a very unexpected path. Because yeah. of the like geographic things, circumstances you've mentioned. Yeah. And then you being in what I assume you were a Christian minister. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And what type of Christianity? Uh, it was the uh, Churches of Christ. So like a very, very niche conservative group uh, in uh, mostly in the Southeast, but it is kind of all over the U.S. 
uh, but yeah, very small group. And <laughs> yeah, and it's so conservative that uh, women are not allowed to like participate in services for the most part. So what? then, yeah, so then like excommunicating me immediately was kind of gender affirming. Yes, they're like <laughs> you. Yeah, they're like you woman, you can't do anything here, you know. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, this is not your. You like get out, like only men in here. And you're right, like, exactly. You. They Thank they re, they I, they stuck with their values, you know. They didn't the, change. <laughs> right. So I guess we're laughing, and I feel like we're laughing because we've met each other in person, and some people. It doesn't, it doesn't sound pleasant, Blake. Right. It, 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 it honestly wasn't, um, you know, like, like you, like you mentioned, I, I am in a really good place right now. I feel, uh, I feel like my life is absolutely beautiful and I'm so like, just thrilled to experience it every day. Uh, it, it's been amazing, but yeah, the journey to get here has been, uh, it's been a lot, you know, like I, uh, um, lost the community I knew my entire life. I don't really have much of a connection with my family uh, anymore. Um, I, I do have some, uh, like, do keep in touch somewhat, but it's it seems difficult and strained. Um, yeah, you know, like, I, I lost a lot of friends. Uh, my, at the time, my, like, career goals and things like that kind of all, like, crumbled and went away. Um, and then, like, yeah, like ending up going from like uh, from from uh, Savannah, Georgia to like Phoenix, Arizona. And in fact, like I wasn't even like planning to live in Phoenix. I kind of ended up here uh, like my, my vehicle broke down in Phoenix and it, it, hap it happened like uh, a week or two before the pandemic started in 2020. So like it, it what what initially was going to be a quick stop in Phoenix kept getting drug out because of like all the pandemic stuff and just the uncertainty of everything and and then I ended up you know like like really finding a community here and really building uh, friends and like a chosen family um, finding a faith community that I can be integrated into um, you know I go to a, a, a UU church which is not really religious you know or, or not religious in like a specific or dogmatic way kind of everyone has the the freedom to uh to be themselves and express themselves spiritually as they they see fit there and uh so it's been nice to like find that sort of community uh unexpectedly right like i i would have if, yeah i would have never have guessed i'd be living in phoenix and have the life that i do now uh but it, it's been amazing it's is it weird for me to say that the timeline of this, I know it, I guess this is probably, this is going to be weird, but I say weird things all the time. <laughs> I, for some reason, felt like you had come out like a very long time ago <laughs> because, and like been like trans and out for so long because of how comfortable you seem all the time <laughs> that when you when you talk about it as this fresh experience yeah. I'm still I'm like what is and then that reaffirms to me that you're obviously yourself now because yeah. you're like I, I'm like oh, like there is no there right, is yeah. no discomfort it's like yeah, yeah yeah so I came out in 2018 
you know, so like just five years ago. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I, at the time I, I was, I realized just the extent of like the discomfort I had with myself, the discomfort I had with like, uh, like as a result, like everything else, right. Like if I couldn't be like comfortable with myself, like I couldn't be comfortable in a conversation. I couldn't be comfortable, uh, comfortable in like any interaction or whatever, you know, it was just constantly, uh, like, like low key, uh, you know, uh, uh, affected by it. And so, uh, when I did come out or yeah, when I came out, I really made a lot of intentional decisions to, to find, uh, you know, ways to be comfortable with myself, find ways to accept myself, um, like find my identity, uh, as it already was not as something it could be right. Like I didn't want to have, uh, goals like oh yeah once i do this and this then i'm gonna feel great and feel like a woman instead i was like no what can i do now in this moment to feel like myself you know how no, can I, yeah. you know peace uh in, in in here and and admittedly it was a ton of work uh I'll, there was at one point i was doing three counseling sessions a week um a lot of very intentional uh and and difficult like practice uh, to, to get there, you know? Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I think everyone should, uh, be intentional. I, I will try to be as intentional with like whatever their like need is spiritually or emotionally or, or mentally, you know? So, I, I'm freaked out because I know a lot of people in Savannah, Georgia who are like MMA people and they're probably super like douche bros. Some of them are nice, but yeah. And I know like some like very, so I'm wondering like if you ran into any of the MMA douche guys. It's quite possible. It's not a big town. Um, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you, so I also know that you're super, you're a car person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I love to do. I like, was going to, now I feel weird because I said car person. I was going to say a car girl, but then yeah. I was like, that's going to be like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna sound like. I don't know how to speak anymore. It's not, because my way of speaking is inherently I always say something that sounds like I'm I don't understand social separation like in terms of closeness and like the English language. So I speak to everyone like they're very close to me. And then like I'll be but and it's very so anyway. <laughs> car stuff i've seen a lot of car stuff that you do yeah what so is- i um uh that's just like something i've like always really loved to do like a hobby um i got really into it as like a teenager um just like re like yeah just my i got my first uh truck when i was 12 i like saved up money cutting grass and what went and bought a truck out of like someone's yard you're uh, lying what no, an so actual it, truck yeah uh, it's just uh and I, I it's it might still be in my parents backyard i kind of doubt it i i feel like they threw it away by now but it was a 69 uh ford pickup um <laughs> yeah so and it, it was like it was kind of cool it was like an old drag racing truck that someone had built in the 80s so it had like a it had like a i'm trying to think of the best way to describe it it was meant to be like a a, a back roads drag truck so like it, it 
it actually like would like do willies. It would like pick the front tires up off the ground. Um, or that, yeah, that's at least what was like told. And like, that was part of like the story of this truck. Now I don't know like how accurate that was. Like, it's not impossible, but also like, you know, people exaggerate. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty cool like setup like uh, and uh, yeah I, I've since then I've I've like always just like uh, bought uh, like random like projects and, and been like really interested in that sort of stuff. I saw you were also at like a racing at a race. You were in the pit somehow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, there was a. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine is actually uh, the media guy for a pro racer. Uh, he's one of my like car buddies. Like uh, this guy's name is, is Tommy. Uh, you know, uh, shout out to Tommy. Check out Kai Kelly Racing if you're if anybody here is a racing fan and interested. Uh, but Tommy and I grew up uh, in the same town, and like Tommy and his dad are like really into like really specific like niche like drag racing stuff like really specific stuff from the 60s and and 70s and like really specific build styles and so like uh i, I find i like i love to like just nerd out with tommy over whatever is happening in their shop like because it's just so it, like, like his dad does everything himself and it's like so old school and interesting to me i love the like I love like building cars from scratch, like that kind of mentality of like, like piecing everything together, like instead of like just buying like new parts off the shelf that, you know, you just like throw together like the Lego set, you know, to really like kind of have to like home engineer something I think is like really cool. Um, it, it, yeah, I don't know why I love it. But, uh, but yeah, so Tommy uh, does the media for this uh, racer and Tommy uh, got uh, was able to like uh, invite me in. I was part of the like pit crew. Now it was more like of an honorary title. They have like a full-time pit crew that like uh, does everything, you know, like realistically, like I would have only done uh, maybe in an all hands on deck emergency situation, somebody would like, you know, like, you know, pull me in to like help pull something apart, but only if they needed like every set of hands available, you know, like otherwise they had, uh, a, a team that was like putting it all together, but it was really cool to be there and kind of like go to the starting line. Um, it was, uh, it was televised. Uh, it, it, it was a film for the discovery channel. Uh, what I kind of think is funny about it is like, uh, it's a very, it tends to be a very conservative group of people that consume like this sort of like uh, uh, motorsport. And so like, it's just funny to me to think that like, uh, and, and I like, like my friend Annie was with me and we're both trans women. So it's just funny to think at this event where there's a lot of conservative people, a lot of people who probably wouldn't appreciate my identity or whatever, you know, like they're still forced to like watch me walk up to the starting line and see the cars leave and everything while they sit in the stands, you know? <laughs> Is that, do you think that that's ever going to change with like, nascar and other niche motorsports because I mean, it does maybe. seem to be like a I, I mean it is a little bit right like we've seen uh like uh formula one like had a big uh uh push for like lgbt inclusion over the the past season uh which was pretty cool to see like a lot of uh drivers were wearing pride flags on their helmets um 
you know, I think, I think it is definitely like, I, it's got to, right? Like, like, like there's no reason to like gatekeep these sorts of things from people who want to like be involved as a spectator, be involved as a fan, be involved as a competitor. You know, there's no reason to gatekeep and keep like queer people out of something like that. You know, you're just like hurting your fan base ultimately, you know, and, 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 and yeah, like leaving potential profits on the table, which like, come on, like that's, that's why they do it. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> Yeah, there's. It's hard to imagine, like a racing giant saying no to that. Two right. seconds. I'm just checking on my son. How are you feeling? He, he he said he doesn't know what to do. Okay. He's sick. Oh no. So. I don't have it yet. Hopefully it's not the new COVID. Yeah, that's not fun. Oh, bad times. Yeah, his mom has COVID, but we don't know if it's the new one. But it's it's kind of ironic that it's called EG5 instead of, because that's 5G backwards and all the conspiracy theorists are probably going to... Oh my gosh, it's like, Why would you backwards. do that? Like, why... To, just to like make the conspiracy theorists freak out, you know, give them something to like rant and rave about on the internet. Um, speaking of conspiracy theories, <laughs> we have a bit of a problem because you, we definitely have talked about government stuff and it, the government exists. We both exist seemingly in this moment. Where do you stand on the Senate Oversight Committee's UAP hearing and their UFO stuff and their sudden obsession with legislation regarding it and saying things like non-human intelligence and then all the declassified stuff about them spending millions and millions over years investigating like these extra physical things like telepathy? I mean, I it... I mean, it makes, I, so, all right, on one hand, um, I, it's exciting. I, I got to admit, it is, it's interesting, right? Like the, the sci-fi loving part of me is like, hell yes, this is amazing. They're here. We get to meet aliens. It's going to be so cool. Um, and, and so like, there is a part of me that is like, like wants that to be real. And is like excited about that prospect. Uh, but then there's like also a practical like perspective of like we have said a lot of things and we've we've acted like a lot of things were about to happen or were happening on a government level for like decades. Who knows, right? Like who knows what could be uh, being said right now? It's also well, interesting that they're talking about non-human, right? That that's the adjective uh, or the modifier they're using, like yes. Does like AI fall into that category? Does yes, it does. Yeah, it does. they have said under their legislation it does. So yeah, so it's and a lot of I think this guy from uh, I was mentioned. I'm honestly tired of mentioning institutional figureheads, but it seems like in this subject, the fact that Stanford and Harvard are talking about this, yeah. it makes it more credible. Yeah. So this 
there is a theory that this is like extraterrestrial AI, like probes, like they're automated, which is why their behavior is like not like, it's just kind of the same. All of them do the same thing. There's not like a weird, like yeah. one doesn't crash through your Airbnb. It's not like, it's always yeah. like normal. Interesting. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like this idea of like automated, uh, like probe. Yeah. Like I could see, but at this point, the weird thing is that the whistleblower is, uh, I had two uh, former army guys who were deployed together on the podcast yesterday and it should be up. And they were saying that this whistleblower isn't an actual whistleblower because whistleblowers are in danger once they do what they're doing, like uh, Snowden yeah. or something like that. But this guy is so protected and so official and so sanctioned that it's almost like they're using the terminology to create like this theater like this uh, this slow drip kind of process but i guess the reason i'm bringing it up with you is you do partake in plant medicine and you do meditate and you have had out-of-body experiences mm -hmm. and then a lot of these encounters with this non-human intelligence resemble psychedelic experience and resemble yeah. out-of-body dream experiences. So I guess I'm wondering, do you feel, do you feel confused or do you feel, how do you feel about them saying that there are non-human biologics also found, which is the pilots or remnants yeah. of the pilots? Yeah. I mean, I do wonder. I ha I mean, personally, I have had experiences that have left me, you know, like not so convinced that I just had like, like a, a psychedelic trip where at the end of it, I wasn't just convinced that it was just a chemical reaction taking place in my brain. That's it was something else. It was something more, you know, what kind of stuff happened? Can you share one sure. of them? Sure. Uh, so I, I think a really interesting experience uh, one time uh, while, while, while doing uh, uh, LSD, um, it was particularly like strong to have. Like I, I don't know what the dosing was. It, it's it's it was it's been a couple of years, and even then, uh, the the individual who had the dose wasn't quite sure either. But it was I would say like a large uh, like uh, dose. Um, I think the best way to describe it is I, I, if I were to put it into words that I could understand now, again, like if uh, these are just my words and my understanding uh, and how I could relate to this realistically, like whatever it was I was experiencing, like I probably don't have any accurate words for it, but I, I would, I would say it felt like I was like bouncing through the multiverse. Like I was dropping into different realities of myself and seeing um, the like the ways in which I existed in other like realities, right? Like like what my life was, or what it felt like, or what it included, uh, and like uh, uh, you know, I, and I can't even like. Gosh, it's hard to explain. Like, Wait, so what were the other realities like? So there, uh, it was mostly a lot of like emotion, or like some like 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 seeing like my living room slowly like transform and to be like a slightly different version of itself with like a slightly different city, like 
uh, or like view out the window or whatever, you know, like seeing, uh, at the time I had like had uh, just like, not not just met, but had uh, recently met uh, uh, my partner now, Georgia, shout out Georgia. And uh, I kept like seeing uh, what I would describe as Georgia in other realities, right? Like, like this other like counterpart that was like, oh, I recognize this person, not because they're of their face or their appearance, but because of like the energy, right? Like I feel like it's, it was the same energy like I saw in Georgia, so to speak. Uh, again, these are very loose terms. You know? Also, I just had my mind blown. You kept saying Georgia and I was like, you're from Georgia. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like- that is, a, that is a bizarre coincidence. Like, <laughs> that the your love's name is the state that you left yeah yeah the state i left to come to phoenix i left georgia to meet georgia it's wild yeah that is weird (laughs) like uh, like the writers ran out of ideas they're like no what's what's their kid's name what's their what's their dog oh wait i have a better one what is their new best friend's name savannah atlanta (laughs) <laughs> if Wait, i need someone they the, i was in savannah yeah what are the other cities i'm trying to think of georgia's athens well, that's not a name though yeah there's like not many like there's like bacon there's Vidalia. there's like uh and then there's and then, fort something isn't there a fort something uh yeah you're supposed to know these things yeah i don't know it's been forever um so okay so you went through the what about what about an experience that you can't explain that was not on any substance it's not on any substance (laughs) i right it's like oh that's confusing (laughs) i've not been on a substance no uh (laughs) i mean I, so like, I think, I think I would say that I experienced what at the time I would have considered like religious things, right? Like, uh, and again, like uh, at the time, you know, like, I think to be clear, coming from a religious background, like I was taught to view uh, a lot of things as like a, a divine intervention from a specific uh, God, right? Like, okay. You know, you know, like I was, I was taught to believe like if some, uh, something like worked out well when it shouldn't have or whatever, like, oh, this divine being stepped in on my behalf. It's amazing, you know? And so there were a lot of moments uh, in my life at that time that I would have contributed to that. Like I, a specific one that I can think of is um, I let, 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 like praying for something and then like feeling as though I received that thing. Um, like I, I was on a trip to Europe one time and my computer crashed uh, and this was a mission trip and I needed my computer. Um, and so like I, 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 I prayed uh, and then restarted my computer and it worked, there were no issues. Like it just, it, it, whatever the issue was that was preventing me from like doing this presentation just stopped. And at the time, you know, it's like, oh, you know, look at this divine act. And like, 
and maybe maybe that's the case i don't know i i did request something from a deity and then i received it so like i don't know but also like maybe it was just like maybe the time it took for me to like stop and like say this like you know prayer uh that (laughs) that gave my computer time to like cool off and restart i don't know um but but like but i do find it interesting in moments like that to to reach out to the universe with a specific request and then to receive that request i think is a very like uh, a powerful and human experience i think it's something that a lot of people uh have experienced in one way or another right like whether they be you know and and, and maybe it is just like chance that that happens right like or maybe it's not like maybe there is something more uh to that um i don't know what that is <laughs> but but maybe there is something there that uh i don't know when we reach out uh to to in need of something like we do have the ability to receive it yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no i was listening i'm i'm just getting in i I feel like when I hear something that's like affirming of my own beliefs, then I get lost. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, someone else thinks this thing. <laughs> but, um, for, um, usually these are like two or three hours, but lately because Anders sick, I've been keeping them shortish since they're during the day. Sure. But at what are you, do you have any plans between now and your performance tonight? Uh, not really. No, I have a couple errands to run and then, um, just like looking over my like material and like making sure I have like, uh, 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 my, in mind, like the set I want to do tonight. And how long is the set? Uh, like 12 minutes, not a super long. Yeah. What do you mean? Not, it's not like a short one. It's not like three minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, true. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like I, god i feel like i could do like a 30 minute set if i like had to uh but i feel like a 12 minute set is like a good medium length you know it's like not too short not too long that's from my limited comedy knowledge that's two tight sixes yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) that's that's the math Uh, later (laughs) uh uh and i guess do you have since we uh, i am i know we're gonna do this again already obviously but if you don't want to you don't have to no, no, I'd, i would love to I think but but um if if this was a document like a record of your journey at this point then what are you what stage is this how would you explain this like gosh like like where you are right now are you just are you someone someone could say oh well i'm just focused on getting my six pack someone would say oh well i just want to take care of my kids i'm focused on healing myself whatever thing you're so i think i think part of what i'm uh, i think one of my big focuses right now is is how can i build this comedy thing what's the next step so like one of the things that a friend and I are working on right now to do in the Phoenix area is uh, a, we want to do, and we did one last week uh, as a test run, uh, but we want to grow from this, but like we want to do a legitimate variety show, like old school Muppet show, 
key hall like like variety show like we want a true like we want to do musical acts we want to do comedy we want to do uh uh potentially like you know like monologues and like short skits like we want to bring in a variety of artists um and and do that here in phoenix and so like that's something i am like really like been excited about and like how you know like like how do we do just and we want to do it like uh, want it to be like a uh, uh, very queer focused and by queer artist I, I really mean that as broad of a stroke as possible like you know like we want the like really like fun weird stuff you know uh, like we did a uh, the show we did last week uh, I hosted and did like some comedy sets in between the bands but we had uh, a few different like uh, queer folk uh, artists uh, and so uh, it was kind of fun to have like a an all trans female country band, you know, and uh, like what else? We also had like uh, someone who did like uh, uh, some well, actually, there was somebody in that show who I, I I feel like I saw that you followed them as well on uh, social media, a critical miss. Oh yeah, I this is hilarious. I drove her in my Lyft when I was driving Lyft. What? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, no, so so Critical Miss was a part of that show, and uh, it was a really good time. Like, uh, it was a blast. Uh, they they were they, she was a, so much fun to uh, to to share the stage with, um, and honestly, was funnier than any. She was funnier than any comedy I did that night. Like, yeah, it was yeah. it was a crazy lift ride. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Not like crazy in a weird way, like crazy in a like comedic way. Yeah, no, I would imagine like you, like my experience and my short interaction with the artist was like I did not see this coming. You know, like it's like yeah, she was she was roasting her ex boyfriend the whole way. It was <laughs> crazy. That sounds it was a good funny. good roast. Yeah. Um, and I guess do you do you have any plans for like immediately after the show? Like, do you go out with the other comedians and? um whatever comedians do i don't know <laughs> i'll hang out for a while um i i think wait wait sorry sorry i meant to ask are you going to go eat elk and shoot machine guns and smoke cigars because i think that's what comedians do on this current the current landscape <laughs> yeah so so that's exactly uh what's gonna happen tonight at like 10 p.m is we're gonna go uh, shoot out smoke cigars <laughs> you can use your longbows you can discuss muscle cars you know a lot about them that's true i do know car stuff so we're we're half i can take my shirt off i'm not a comedian but i could be like the brown the shirt guy you know i'm not gonna say his name unless <laughs> i invoke the demon right. stare <laughs> so, um but this was great. Thank you for, I've been saying it for like many weeks, but yeah. it you know, takes I'm me so, a while. I'm so glad we did this. And, and again, like, let's do it again. Uh, you know, yes. like, I'm, I'm all for it, Ader. Yeah. Well, also nice curtains. They're, they're very like, are they lace? Oh uh, yeah. I feel like this is, that's, that's what we end this on me. My incredulity that those are links. Like, oh, is that links? Like, what am I like? Well, 
I don't know. Anyway, bye. Have a good day. Uh, don't break legs, but you know the. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but not like a, also not an aggressive like pressure to perform, but like also like I want to say something like like destroy them, go forth, but oh, yeah. but I don't. Yes. Say say hi to Georgia. We'll do hanger. Look, uh, I'll see you around. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Looking forward to the next time. I just got so scared. There's a mirror behind you, and I just saw the back of your head in it, <laughs> and I almost had a heart attack. I'm gonna go now. This is embarrassing for me. <laughs> All right, bye, hater. Have a great day. Bye.